0: Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking about deception technology today. And it's my privilege to be speaking with Don Gray. He's the CTO with Packet Viper. Don, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Oh, Tom, thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to talk to you about deception.
0: Yeah, Don, this seems to be the hot topic at this time of the year. I'm hearing about deception technology everywhere. Now, we know that it's known for trapping threats that are already on the network. Talk to me about how deception technology is now being applied on the perimeter, please.
1: Yeah, so what we're doing is looking at what we call uh, sort of inline wire speed deception and we're actually looking at being in line with the with the uh, network communication that's happening. And so we're able to see everything that's happening over that particular network, and we're able to understand and identify uh, activity that's occurring towards decoys, or that's been um, sort of laid out in policy through one of our sensors, and identify that traffic that's happening, and then actually do something about it, actually use the fact that somebody's hit a decoy um, to say that at best that person is unwanted and at worst they're potentially future malicious traffic And I do not want them going any further in my network. So we we've seen from our customers that You know typically when you buy a trip what we would call a traditional deception solution you buy the technology There's a fairly complex implementation that has to go on and uh, and it's invasive into the IT environment and network um, and then you have to have the threat analysts that are able to then take those tools take the information that's coming off for them translate those into uh, intelligence ioc um, but can then be somehow integrated into other systems either through a soar integration uh, or through other proprietary integrations to actually do something with the intelligence and our customers typically don't have the resources to do that uh, don't have the you know ability or inclination And so with our solution, uh, they put it on the network, uh, they define some policies, and it immediately starts um, blocking, uh, as I said, unwanted and potentially malicious traffic with zero false positives. That's the beauty of using decoys to do your detection.
0: Don, you talked about SOAR, and we hear an awful lot about automation these days for security products. How do you find that organizations are able to automate deception technology?
1: well it varies right uh some organizations larger organizations with more resources are able to you know come up with a uh sort of process and and uh, approach to integrating uh disparate technologies into a solution but once again um we find that the vast majority of organizations really don't have those resources or capability and so something that just works out of the box is probably a better solution for them
0: well, you talked about resources a couple of times now, and we know that deception maybe hasn't been on the budget radar for many organizations. What budgeting category does deception tend to fit in for some of the clients you've worked with?
1: You know, it's a very interesting topic. I've talked to even very large organizations with sophisticated security teams that have had some budget sort of set aside for. You know, perhaps what they call a honeypot project, or even a deception project, and they've just never pulled the trigger on it um, because of the sort of uncertainty about what is my total cost of ownership of implementing a solution like this. And as I mentioned, with the traditional solutions, you know, when you add threat analysts, you add integrations; those costs are are definitely higher than many people would want to 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 pay. By using the inline wire speed deception, it. it We see payback immediately for customers. You know, I've been around in security, information security for a long time. I remember when IDSs first, you know, hit the marketplace and people would buy an IDS and turn it on and be like, oh, this is awesome. I get all this visibility into these bad things happening on my network. And then about three months later, they would turn it down, turn it, turn the squelch knob down because they couldn't act on what it was telling them. You know, they tended to have false positives um, and it wasn't necessarily actionable. It was just sort of noise that they weren't able to act on. So, with the inline wire speed deception, what we see is, as I said, you know, we have a customer that's in pilot right now. um, And, you know, within 10 days of putting uh, our solution in their production environment, they have 130,000 rules generated by people uh, hitting decoys in their environment. They set up a handful of policies, uh, a handful of decoys that enabled that to occur, and then let the device do the work. And what we've seen from customers is, even if they didn't have specific budget for deception technologies, is that they've seen cost savings all downstream by by looking at the external deception. And we do internal deception as well. Don't wanna say we don't provide that capability inside the network to be able to see lateral movement and those kinds of things. We certainly do, exfiltration protection. But on that outside use case, that external perimeter use case, we've seen a reduction then in everything that's downstream from there. So if I can identify somebody as unwanted, um, I can get rid of them. They're gone. I don't need to log uh, in a SIM that that interaction has happened. or that even when in a traditional firewall, it would block. Let's say they hit me a thousand times with that scan activity. It's gonna log a thousand times that that occurred. I have to pay for that storage. I have to then process it and look for threats in it. I have my analysts have to look at it. So all down the chain, it's being added in in cost. And by eliminating that stuff at the earliest point possible before, as we tell our customers talk about it, the system of record, which is their typically their border firewall, They're saving money. So we find that our customers implement our solution, and they're getting a tremendous amount of value because it is doing work on their behalf that they don't necessarily have to get involved in uh, to, to have it be effective.
0: Now, Don, how does applying threat intelligence automatically reduce some of the operational burden?
1: Yeah, so that's what I'm saying, right? By identifying this stuff that's, like I said, at best unwanted and perhaps future malicious traffic. And when I say future malicious traffic, it's interesting because people talk about preventing threats, right? Well, if you're going to prevent a threat, you have to know it's a threat ahead of time. You have to know something about it, which gets back to that sort of more traditional deception use case of I'm gonna allow somebody into my network um, and then you know, or I'm going to secede, or, 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 you know, give away the perimeter. Yes, somebody's going to get in. Yes, they're going to get inside. And now I want to see what they're doing, right? So I want to make sure they're a threat, and then I can stop them. What I'm saying and what we're saying is that attackers follow a funnel methodology, right? They, they, they go out. They do scans. They do low-level activity, reconnaissance activity to try to find targets of interest, and they will then work those targets of interest down through the cyber kill chain, getting to the point where they're deploying payloads and exfiltrating data and all that stuff. And our philosophy is, if I can get you out of that funnel at the earliest possible opportunity, during reconnaissance, right, you you, you won. Uh, You're no longer in the attacker's funnel. You're no longer uh, subject to what they're doing. So all the activity that would normally occur downstream based on that reconnaissance activity you are now not experiencing as a customer. So you're not experiencing it from a security standpoint. You're not experiencing it from a traffic volume standpoint. And that has
0: real cost dividends uh, down the line. So is deception technology a viable means to prevent data loss?
1: I think deception technology can do a lot of things, um, including uh, help with prevention of data exfiltration. Right? And that's when we look at deception on the inside, that's one of the big use cases we're looking for. So when traffic is trying to go from inside to outside, what is, it, what, what is happening there? Is it in the allowed lane of normal activity for the normal course of the business or is it outside of that? And so we can set up sensors at the network level. We can set up individual decoys. We can put uh, breadcrumbs around the network, lures around the network to point people towards decoys. And we can identify when someone is trying to exfiltrate data from the network outside of the normal channels and help that. Yes, absolutely.
0: Don, final question for you. If there was any one industry sector you think would most benefit from deception technology, what would that be?
1: You know, I think uh, healthcare, uh, critical infrastructure um, are, are two of the sectors that I think um, would be have sort of direct value because of some unique characteristics within those industries. Um, there's some proprietary, non-standard IT technology that gets put on those IP networks. Uh, so on the on the critical infrastructure side, it's it's the you know sort of control networks, uh, OT kinds of things. On the healthcare side, it's the specialized medical devices that are IP enabled. And there's some. Uh, real challenges there that I can't necessarily assess those things like I can normal technology. I may impact them. Uh, I can't protect them like a normal technology. I can't patch them in many cases because they're not under my control. Um, and so I think there's some, some real uh, value there to being able to use a deception technology for passive detection that's not going to impact those assets, but will have active protection prevention to protect those assets.
0: Well, Don, this has been a great starter conversation. I look forward to talking with you more in the future about Deception Technology. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Tom. It's always great talking with you.
0: Again, we've been talking about Deception Technology. I've been speaking with Don Gray, the CTO with Packet Viper. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.